Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 162 of Parenting in Real Life. Today, we have an interview with Dana Abraham, and we really love this interview, especially because she talks about parenting tips, but starts with the parent in survival mode and not just jumps to when things are going well. I love that she's helping parents who are in square one. So if you feel like parenting is just crazy and you're not really sure where to start or how to get your home a little more under control and less chaotic, then you're definitely going to love this episode with Dana. And she came out with a book recently that we're going to talk about throughout this episode that I think would be super helpful for you if you're in that spot in your parenting. And if not, she has some great tips. She has a framework to follow that wherever you are in your parenting that you can follow. So definitely listen to this interview. We think you're going to love it. Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Well, we are so excited to have Dana Abraham with us today and talk about her book, but also all of her parenting ideas. This is going to be so helpful for us. But before we get started, Dana, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Well, thanks for having me, first of all. And hi, everyone. I'm Dana Abraham. I'm the founder of Calm the Chaos Parenting and the author of Calm the Chaos, the book, which just came out. And in Calm the Chaos, I help parents create better relationships with their kids, no matter what the challenges that they're facing. Well, awesome. So let's kind of start diving into this then. In your book, and I don't know if this is something that you've been teaching before that as well, but there are five stages to a family roadmap. And I love that because for me, I need someone to like, tell me the steps to do this. I can figure this out. So why don't you briefly give us an overview of what that family roadmap is? We'd love that. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been working on this and with families for the last 10 years. And before that, I was in the classroom for over 12 years. And what I came to find not just, you know, with working with other families, but also going through the trenches myself and coming out on the other side with my own kids is that there are these very distinct stages that we all go through when we are dealing with challenges in our family. And they can be any challenge from as small as my toddler won't get in the bathtub to big ones like my kid won't go to kindergarten. They're refusing to go to school. Whatever that is, these are things that they cause a lot of stress and chaos in our lives. And there are some distinct stages that we go through. And so what I discovered is a lot of the parenting advice out there starts you out at the end of the roadmap at stage four and five, which is like, here's how to get ahead of it. Here's how to make things better. And here's how to create routines and structure so that your family will work together. But if you're overwhelmed, stressed out, tired, exhausted, and you're dealing with meltdowns, tantrums, outburst from your littles, you can't access all that great information that you're getting in all the other parenting advice. And so that's where the beginning stages come from. So the first one, I'll just go through the stages real fast. We can dive into whatever you want uh, later. So the first one is ride the storm, which is all about just getting to safety. So it's making sure that you are the calm in the middle of the storm and you're making sure that everyone feels safe and is safe. Then the next stage is time and energy and your, your energy reserves. And this is the one that as 
busy, stressed out parents, especially moms, try to skip over and just try to get straight to the behavior. But this is so important, is building these teeny tiny habits that you can do every day that can take less than five minutes a day, but they boost your energy and they remove the drains and the stress from your everyday life. Because when you're stressed, your executive functioning, which is your ability to do the things you do every day, that goes down. And so when we can remove stress, well, now we're more organized. Now we can remember our words. Now we can access the information that we've worked so hard to learn. So now that we have those two stages, now we're ready to move into how do I diffuse the situation so that it is shorter and so that there's not as much disconnection in the heat of the moment. And so this is where we're really building trust in the moment. We're really building validation and connection. And we're staying as quiet as we possibly can, but we're there to diffuse the bomb. That's our main goal. And once we've kind of gotten that in intact and we've figured out plans that work for our unique family, we can move on to stage four, which is getting ahead of the moment. So I call this no more storm chasing. And this is where we're starting to actually be preventative. And we're starting to predict when the outbursts are going to come, when the fights are going to happen, the refusal, the arguments, the I'm not going to eat my food, I'm not going to put my socks on, whatever those things are. And we are starting to really understand at a deep level where this is coming from. And this is the stage where we involve our kids and we're starting to help them build skills. We're problem solving with them. We're helping them get their own solutions that work for the whole family. And now we're ready to kind of expand, not just with the one child we've been working with, but now we can expand to the whole family for stage five, which is kind of that mecca of like, ah, like the, the skies open up for us. And we're like, oh my gosh, we have an amazing family now. And you always had an amazing family, but this is where we all want to get to is where our family wants to spend time together. They understand each other. They advocate for each other. They empower each other and they speak up for each other. And that we just work together really, really well. And that's what we're aiming for in stage five. I love that. And when you said how moms want to skip over part and I thought, oh yeah, that's so true. That feels right. And I was like, that feels like, cause you just want to get to the end and be like, I just want to be at the part where we don't have to be struggling so much or in survival mode or we know wherever stage you are. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that, yeah. but that's important to get through each of these steps and not jump ahead because yeah. otherwise it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. It, does, it really doesn't work as well. It can work and you're going to get some short-term success, but if you want long-term success, that's lasting, you have to create lasting change with habits. And so that starts right at the core, building that foundation of safety and trust and your calm presence and your energy, and then everything else can build from there. Yeah. As we've talked to experts over the years, some of the things that have stuck with me the most are the things about like getting you right. Right. And it's sometimes frustrating that it's like, no, I have problem kids. I'm not a problem. <laughs> so tell us more about that. I know I know there's a tendency to skip it. So let's skip to it. What are some of the things you recommend to get our own energy in the right spot? Yeah. So for our own energy, we're not dealing with kids in isolation. So we're dealing with stress from work. We're dealing with uh, a mound of bills that we need to pay or mail coming in. And we're, we're dealing with things coming from all different places. And like right now is the start of school. So we're dealing with dentist appointments and doctor's appointments and back to school and, and getting kids signed up for 
for different classes and things like that. And that adds a lot of stress on our plate, not to mention the things that our kids are struggling with. Some of the habits that we can do is, you know, it follows the framework that I talk about in the book. And so that is you, which is yourself, connect, understand, empower. So for the you piece, it's actually doing just like one quick shift in the morning And that is something that just takes care of your brain. So it could be a one minute of silence. It could be just a thought swap of today's going to be a good day. Something that you actually believe, but something that helps put your head in the right headspace. And then also something that helps you declutter the outside priorities. And so doing a brain dump or creating a not to do list and saying, these are the things I'm not going to do today. This is the one thing. If I can only get one thing done today, this is the thing I'm going to get done. Because I find that so many parents want to get it all done when most of the things really aren't that important. One or two things are really important to keep moving forward. And it's those tiny habits. So understanding ourselves at a deep level, like what are a couple things that boost your energy? For me, it's just stepping outside in the weather when it's not 102 degrees outside, but stepping outside, planting my feet on the ground, that is a good boost for me. Drinking my water during the day is a boost for me. Hugging my kids is a boost for me. But a drain is scrolling social media, overthinking, checking my email. So how can I remove some of those things from my day so that I'm not adding stress to my already busy day? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of a not to-do list. So I love this idea because I'm the type of parent who's just like, I got to get all these things done today. But just this is a list of things are like not today, but later, right? They are really like, no, I don't need to do this. So a not to-do list, you can put things that are kind of ideas like I'm not going to worry. I'm going to place that over there. I'm not going to overthink. So that can happen, but it can also be some things that I'm not going to do. I am not going to pick up after every single thing that my kids throw on the floor, right? So the thing you might do is you do the five minute cleanup right before bedtime, where you set a timer for five minutes, everyone runs around and puts things in baskets. Mm -hmm. But you're not spending all day picking up all the little things. Another not to do that I tell people who are in survival mode is don't do dishes, right? Get paper plates. And I know it's not great for the environment, but if you're stressed out, doing dishes is not the thing you should be focused on. Another thing, there's a, her name's Casey Davis, and she has a book called How to Keep House While Drowning. And one of her things is she doesn't fold laundry, So her laundry actually just goes in big baskets and it's of like, like items. So her not to do is fold laundry. Some other things that can go on a not to do is I'm not going to cook food this week because we've got a really busy, stressful week. So I'm going to either prep way ahead and have the meals already ready, or we're just going to eat out this week and that's okay. So it's giving yourself permission to not be a hundred percent in every area of your life. Yeah, so important. So I love that you're hitting this framework in each of these five stages. So it was you connect, understand, and empower. So tell us more about like, is that a piece of all of these different stages? 
Yeah, it is. So what I found is, you know, a lot of the parenting advice out there is like, if you just do this one thing, life will be perfect. And I found that that is just not realistic, that it's not true. But instead, there are some guiding principles that we can all live by. And the mindfulness part is incredibly important, being conscious, being mindful, being able to to handle our own emotions and our own thoughts is incredible incredibly important. And it really is the linchpin to everything else that happens. But connection is also equally important. We need our kids to feel seen and heard and valued for who they are. And a lot of times people think of connection just as one-on-one dedicated time. And, you know, so then I've seen people make the mistake of, well, we're going to have five minutes of dedicated time for each kid, but then the rest of the day I'm nagging you to clean up or I'm asking you why you did this or what's wrong with you, or I'm telling you to hurry up and you're a big girl, you can do this now. And that's not really connected language. And so how can we help our kids feel connected at each of those stages as we're growing and they're growing together? The understanding piece really is a piece that I find unless you have a child who's extremely challenging, which I did. And so I was forced to learn all these things. Plus I was an educator, but A lot of times parents, if they've got a child that's not really ticking all the boxes in a traditional book or they're not hitting developmental milestones and they're not like all the other kids at school or on the playground, then they dive really deep into trying to understand where this is coming from. But if you don't have that kid, you don't ever think to go in this deep dive. And It's things that we aren't taught, things about child development, things about the way the brain works and the way that our human psychology and the science behind connection and the science behind relationships, like a lot of us don't know those things. And so this understanding piece really is important as you go through the stages, getting a little bit more advanced and really looking under the surface and under the behavior at why the behavior is happening so that you can really address the root cause instead of just putting a bandaid over it. And then that final piece of empowerment, that one really is about working with our kids. It's teaching our kids the skills. It's becoming an expert in our own kids so that we can teach them how to be an expert in themselves. And so in this empowerment stage, it's about empowering ourselves and empowering our kids to be able to speak up for themselves, advocate for themselves, problem solve, be able to communicate their needs and wants in a way that other people will listen and really work together and thrive together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I was driving my kids to the pool today and they were hitting each other in the back seat. And I'm just like, why do we do this every day? <laughs> like, and they just don't learn from each other. But I think it's because we haven't taught them the tools of what they could do instead. Right. Or at least we are attempting it. We could apply the framework to that right there. So kids are hitting in the back of the seat. You need an in the moment and ahead of the moment plan. You need and probably a ride the storm plan for this. But the in the moment is your thought. You even said, why do we always go through this? Right. So we could swap that to, man, when my kids are tired or when my kids are excited, they really struggle to keep their hands to themselves. Feels a lot more like there's a lot more possibility of fixing this problem when you say when instead of it always happens, right? Or you could use Fact Finder Freddy and it pops up and it's like, oh, they're always like this. They never get along. And they're like, that's not true. Just yesterday they were hugging each other and reading a book together. Oh, they do like each other. Okay, something else is going on, right? So that's just that 
that's the you piece. And then the connect piece, obviously you're driving a car. You're not going to like play tiddlywinks with them while you're driving down the, the road or anything. And so it could be as simple as leaning back and putting your hand back there, you know, just like looking forward, but putting your hand back there, touching one of them and saying, I can tell you guys are struggling. Can you scoot? over a little, right? If they could, but sometimes they can't in the car. And so just validating to them, I hear that you guys are both frustrated. Understanding in the moment is going to be hard. Asking them questions in the moment, they're already past the point of no return if they're hitting each other. And so that's where you can say, all right, guys, we're going to take a pause, right? We're going to solve this when we get to the swim class. I want to figure out what's going on, but let's just take a pause. Let's sit on our hands. Let's put our hands in our lap. Let's each read a book. Let's do whatever it is that you know they'll do without touching each other and then say, but we're not letting this go. We'll solve it when we get there. We've got three more lights or we've got 10 more minutes to get there. That way you can at least do the problem solving once you get there. I like that. Yeah. I like that too. Cause it does always seem to be like stuff where I'm like, I, I understand the parenting, you know, what they're telling us to do, but in situations like in the car, it's like, well, what do I do when I can't actually like stop and work through things with them? They're going crazy and I'm getting stressed while I'm driving. So I love that. Those are yeah. And the good news is that like in the moment is never the time to really talk to them anyway. And so it's just about riding through it. And then Later that night, you know, like tonight even, because it happened today. So while you're reading books tonight or while you're eating dinner, you could say, man, today when we were going to the pool, that was so fun having a swim date, you know, or whatever it was, a swim, swim class. What did you guys like? Oh, I liked this and I liked that. So they're starting off with the positives. But like, man, but I remember when we were headed to swim. There was like a slight problem. I can't really remember what was going on. And they'll be like, well, he was hitting me. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was hitting going on. Okay, what was going on? Like, why did that happen? And then give them both a chance to like tell you why it happened. Okay. Well, the problem is my concern is I can't help you when I'm driving. And so we need to come up with a plan so that next time each of you are upset, we can take that pause and wait until we get somewhere safe to have a conversation because it's just not safe for you to be hitting each other in the car. So, I mean, it's not safe ever, but especially in the car because I might wreck or I might do this. And so now you're opening up the conversation to problem solve for the next time because there will be another time that siblings hit each other, you know, that your kids get into a tiff, especially in the car. And this is where they can offer solutions like, well, maybe we don't need to put our car seats next to each other. Maybe we should sit on opposite sides of the, and I don't know, you might have three kids and they all have to sit right beside each other. But we do have one kid that sits in the far back and we have one kid who sits in the middle. And then if we've got another kid who's in there and he has to sit next to the other one, there's only a certain combination that can happen next to each other. Otherwise we have to separate the seats. And so we've had to learn what what that is, who it is and where we all work best in the car. No, I love that. Yeah. I love hearing you go through it. That's so helpful to just hear the real life example. I, I also love that throughout your book, you use that analogy of a storm because it feels so perfect, right? Like, man, we have a lot of storms at our house on a daily basis. And so this is so good. And this has been great. We really love talking to you and, and are excited about your new book. So tell our, our listeners where they can find your book and everything else that you're doing. 
Wonderful. So everyone can go to their favorite bookstore and grab my book. They can also go to calmthechaosbook.com. And I've got a lot of really cool bonuses that you get when you grab the book. So you just put your receipt in once you grab the book at your favorite place. And then you can find me on all social media at Calm the Chaos Parents. Well, great. And we will definitely put all the links in the show notes so people have easy access to get to all those things. But thank you so much, Dana. This has been such a great conversation and super helpful for us as we're coming out of the summer and <laughs> life has been crazy. You know, one last thing that I want to say, I actually just did a Facebook live on this today is that in this transition as parents, we're inevitably going to lose our cool and not be able to stay calm. And I just want to remind you, I want to remind your listeners, we're human. So just kiss your brain. <laughs> Thanks brain for reminding me I'm human. Like this is totally okay. Like my brain's doing what it's supposed to do right now. And then we just need to repair and reconnect after it happens. But, you know, beating ourselves up, blaming ourselves, shaming ourselves is not the way to go. And so just remind yourself, it's okay. You're not failing and you're going to get through this. So good. So true. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks everyone for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Parenting IRL Podcast or find us on our website at ParentingInRealLife.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating. And a special thanks to our five kids for being kids.